music, news, entertainment. It's all right here. This is The Kelly Alexander Show. Hey, it's Kelly, and this week we are very happy to welcome Canadian recording artist Olivia Lunny, who won the second season of the hit CTV show, The Launch. Olivia talks to us about her single Time Zone, why she would like to write for Charlie XCX, and change places with Doja Cat for one day. We also jump into our vintage vault and welcome back to the show platinum-selling singer-songwriter Jocelyn Alice talking about her debut album, How Dare You. Jocelyn has had a ton of success in Canada, not to mention appearing on the hit show Songland, which features Ryan Tedder. On that show, she got to pitch her song, How Could You Not Know, to Grammy Award-winning recording artist, Her. Like us on Facebook, Kelly Alexander Show. I have been waiting forever to get this young lady on the show. Super excited to welcome Olivia Lunny, who has done very many good things here in Canada and is now living in Los Angeles, has a new song out, which we're going to talk about in just a sec. Olivia, welcome to the Kelly Alexander Show. Thank you so much. I feel like this has been a long time for us meeting. So thank you for having me on. Super happy to have you. Uh, it's been in the universe. I've been trying to manifest it for like a couple of years now. So I'm glad it finally worked out. So I'm taking you back now uh, to Winnipeg, hometown. When did you get into music? And did you know like quickly as a child that this was like your path in life? Yeah. So growing up, music was honestly just always in my household. My dad was a huge like old rock fan. So Sunday mornings consisted of concert DVDs and driving to school, we had music playing. So I was just fully immersed in it. He also played guitar. So by the time I was about 12 years old, my I asked my dad, hey, can you teach me a few chords on guitar? I love watching you play and stuff. So he did. And truly after that, I just played the same probably three chords and wrote a bunch of different songs to those three chords. Um, and that was when I was about 12. So I guess as I got older and went through high school and I think high school is a really weird time in people's lives mm -hmm. and we just gravitated to music and it really helped me get through and navigate those crazy times. So it became obviously a big passion of mine. But then as I got to grade 11 and started playing locally and playing coffee shops and stuff, I saw people who were actually doing it for a career and that was really inspiring and cool for me. Started going to lots of concerts. I think one of my first concerts was Hillary Duff and I was like, how can I be a pop star one day? I want to do that which seems unrealistic, but I mean, slowly but surely, um, dreams are slowly coming true. I got a long way to go, but um, yeah. So, I mean, I can't see myself doing anything but music. It's truly an extension of just me as, as Olivia. So for people who don't know too, like you're from Winnipeg, which is obviously a major city in Canada, but it's kind of like out of the way, I would say of hub stuff, like music. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's kind of like Toronto, Vancouver, Montreal, like those are the, the big ones, I would say. And and mm -hmm. so how did you know that you needed to go to Toronto and, and get to the big and was it a hard decision to leave your hometown? You know, I actually didn't really know. I think it happened very naturally in my life. Yeah. So I started playing in Winnipeg and Winnipeg does have a really amazing music scene, but not primarily for pop music. I would say it was more folk, more indie. We have amazing folk festivals. And then I got scouted to be on a TV show called The Launch. And that naturally brought me to Toronto to film and do the show. And obviously through winning the show, I got to do some really incredible things. And after that show, I kind of just started meeting people and my collaborators, everyone lived in Toronto. So it felt natural for me to be in Toronto, but there's still so many incredible Winnipeg musicians, honestly, like every day, every time I go back, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I can't keep up. So many incredible people come from Winnipeg randomly. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because we're all freezing in the winter and we just sit inside and write music <laughs> or something. But, but yeah, Toronto, I mean, Montreal, I haven't actually explored a lot. I think I might've played one show there, but 
yeah, Canada's amazing. We have so much talent. Now, talk to us a little bit about the launch, because that's where you came into my, uh, you know, universe where I knew you existed. How did you find out about the show? What was it like being on it? And then, of course, winning it, which is just bananas. Yeah. So I had watched the prior season because there were two seasons of the launch. Um, and I was familiar with some of the winners and stuff. And then, honestly, I just got an A&R had reached out to me. I remember I was working at a candle shop in Winnipeg at the time. And I got this email and I thought it was a fake spam email saying, like, we strongly encourage you to apply to this TV show. Okay, sure. Um, so I did submit my audition tape and they reached out and they said they wanted to, you know, fly me to Toronto and go through the whole audition process. And I guess, yeah, then I, I won randomly, <laughs> but I think something like that is truly such a whirlwind. And in the moment, you don't even really know what's going on. You're like, what is the task at hand? What do I have to do next? So I definitely got to absorb it after the process, but during it, it was just everything was chaos. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit too about, cause you know, they had some, uh, I know pretty, you know, important people in the music industry attached to that show. What doors were open for you, or at least kind of maybe like open to crack that you then went through? Cause now obviously you're in Los Angeles, which we're going to talk about in a second, but I'm, I'm assuming sure. doors were open on some level being on that show. Oh, absolutely. So my mentors at the time, so Scott Bruschetta, who is um, Jan Arden, which to this day, she still kind of interacts with me on social. She's a sweetheart. Love her so much. Um, Sean Frank and through Sean Frank, I actually met my, collaborator and my producer we've been working together and collaborating for probably four years now since uh the launch his name's aj healy so through the show i met him and yeah just just so many people who i think in that moment maybe it was even premature but now that let's say i'm in los angeles now i can reach out and say hey oh my gosh we met through the launch and then we've connected now so it's been yeah very full circle and cool moment but i'm really grateful to that show honestly my experience was so positive and it was just run so properly and amazing and what did it feel like at the time? Because I know we were playing the single I Got You on Virgin Montreal, which is where I work. What did it feel like hearing your song on the radio for the first time? Wild. Crazy. And of course, being from Winnipeg, they were so supportive. So when I was home, I had filmed in Toronto and done all that stuff. I landed and I heard the song. They were playing it so much, too. I would hear it on two different stations at one point. I was like, this is crazy. But yeah, definitely just a wild, surreal moment for sure. Being in Toronto, you know, a lot of people, um, especially now I find like stay there in Canada. Like if you are Canadian, like you will stay there because the scene's getting so big. There's so many great producers that are from there. So tell us uh, why you decided to make the move to Los Angeles. Yeah, I think similarly to how the progression was Winnipeg to Toronto, I think in my life, naturally, it kind of ended up being Toronto, LA. And I started, you know, coming for a week at a time and then a month at a time. And then, I mean, in the winter, obviously love the sunshine. It was two, three months at a time. And as a Canadian, you can't only have those six months in the US, right? Um, so just also kept meeting so many incredible collaborators. I've met this amazing director who's done all my music videos so far. He's out in LA, sometimes in New York. So I think my team's just naturally kind of taking me to this place. And I mean, the world is so big and also so small at the same time. And the irony is I am connecting with so many Canadians in Los Angeles. But yeah, I'm just, I'm really excited for this next chapter of my life. And obviously still coming back to Toronto and working with so many Canadians as well. But yeah, LA, I guess they say it's a land of opportunity as cliche as that is, but it truly is. And the amount of times I've gone out and brushed shoulders with this person and that it's led to a session is it's cool. So yeah, I'm, I'm definitely excited to be here. Amazing. And what's the best part, I guess, about being in Los Angeles right now? Is it the fact that you you can build this strong network with which includes Canadians, but also a bunch of Americans, obviously? Yeah, I think it's truly just meeting people. And I think 
just putting myself out there, you know, as much as I'm also here for work, it's I'm 24 and I'm at a chapter of my life. I'm in my first place. I'm, I'm meeting friends slowly. So I think I just wanted to pick a place that also happened to be sunny in the winter because coming from Winnipeg, I'll take any sun I can get. People are in parkas here. I'm like in my bikini by the pool. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think it's just time for me to set up my home base and LA just really does feel like home to me. But at the end of the day, people are also home, right? So as I said, yeah, the Canadians here or, or back in Toronto, it's, uh, yeah, I have a really great circle of people. So I'm excited to keep building that. Who are you looking forward to like bumping shoulders with next or getting into a session with next in Los Angeles? Like who's on your bucket list right now? That is a good question. Okay. Well, actually I got into a session that was a bucket list session without me even knowing it was a bucket list session. Um, I have hopefully my next single coming out. Um, I wrote with a girl named Julia Ross. We actually connected just through Instagram and then she brought this incredible writer Faraz into the studio and I had no idea he was coming, but obviously I'm very familiar with him and his work with Katy Perry and stuff like that. Um, she said, yeah, I have someone coming. He'll be here in 20 minutes. Okay. And then he walked in and I was like, I know who you are. This is cool. Um, and we wrote a really amazing song that's probably going to come out too. So I would say that's been a really cool thing to happen. <laughs> that's pretty cool. And talk to us a little bit about songwriting for you. Like, is it important that you always have a handle or a hand at least in all of your songs? Like, can you sing a song that's been written completely by someone else or that's not what you like to do? Yeah. You know, for me, I'm a songwriter at heart and I started just me with the guitar, me and piano. So I, I definitely always have to have my hands in that. I think for me, I got, it was really interesting because through the show, obviously I didn't write it and it was Sean Frank and those mentors who had written it and brought it to the table. So that was amazing. And I did connect with the lyrics, but there's just, there's a different bond you have when you've kind of put your blood, sweat and tears or your emotions into a song. So for me, I think going forward, always having a, a say in it or bringing a theme or yeah, just, just collaborating on the writing process is definitely a big part of who I am as an artist. How would you uh, categorize your song or like describe your, your sound, I should say, like, how, how would you explain it? It's a good question. I feel like I keep getting this question. I don't know how to, uh, to articulate it. I would say my new music, for example, it's, it's pretty pure pop. Um, let's take maybe Ed Sheeran, mix it with Ellie Golding, mix it with maybe sometimes darker production like Charlie XCX, maybe a bit of disco Dua Lipa too. It's, it's pretty poppy, but it's been a cool progression because obviously I did start a lot more acoustic and kind of grassroots. So it's been really fun to just build and build and even vocally, like start, start to sing more confidently and, and put the guitar down for performance and, you know, start to move, maybe dance a little bit. So yeah, I would say this new this new stuff is is very pop and I'm very excited to just go for this pop direction. So I love the song Time Zone. Talk to us about how the song came about and did you know you had something special with it? Yes, absolutely. I knew I had something special with it. And it's funny how it came about because I was actually on a FaceTime call with my dad, the one who taught me guitar. And he was in India for business and he was there for a month and we were trying to juggle time zones. And we were just laughing when we finally, I think it was 3am there and God knows what time it was here. We we're talking. He said, you should really write a song called time zone. I feel like everyone can relate to that. And I was like, haha, noted. And I like wrote down time zone. Um, and then I think I am at a point and I was at a point where there were just so many kind of like transient things in my life. I was kind of in a long distance relationship. I was juggling even just time zones being Winnipeg here. It's two hours. So time zone was just a really relevant theme for me. So mm -hmm. I went to a session with these guys I met from Norway, also a completely different time zone. And I just said, Hey, I have this idea. It's like, get on my time zone, come to the West coast. And they're like, that's cool. Let's write a song. And it kind of just fell out of me <laughs> and all of us. And 
in probably three hours it was written and it actually started as a really acoustic-y kind of piano song and I think for me those are the best songs because if it passes that test then chances are if you add everything it'll sound really good so after we wrote it I was super excited. Where do you land on uh, the importance of music videos and and having a say in the theme of the music video down to the fashion? Like, wh- how do you feel about that? Because I know some people like hate being on music video sets and find it terrible sure. and long and boring and all that stuff. Yeah. Honestly, I've grown to really love it. I think it's the coolest thing ever to create art. And then within that, get to create more art because of that. Um, I think in terms of the visual element I have met a really amazing director Sam Levinson and we've been working together and I kind of let him come up with a bit of a creative brief and obviously I'll give my insight but it's so hard because me as the writer you see a song so literally and then someone can take the song and turn it into a totally different perspective and I think it's kind of important to have that otherwise you might end up with just you know a very like straight edge music video. So it's been really fun to collaborate on that. I also have an amazing stylist who her name's Lynn Allison. She's primarily known for her work with like Halsey and stuff. She does crazy and Noah Cyrus, but I kind of let her also take the lead and, and give examples. But I, at the end of the day, I, I know what I like and I know what I don't like. Right. So it's, I definitely have final say, but I'm so grateful to have very cool, creative, innovative people around me to kind of push, push the boundary a little bit and push my comfort zone. Do you think you'll pull like a Taylor Swift and direct your own video? You know, maybe one day. I still feel like I'm pretty new at this. So maybe in like five years when I've done, when I'm seasoned. <laughs> but that's very cool that she did that. So much respect. But she can do anything. She's Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> what, are you, uh, what are you currently manifesting right now? Like what do you hope to happen in the next like six months to a year? I am manifesting a very big tour. I don't know. I don't know where it's coming from. I don't know where it is, but I feel like I'm at the point where I've done so much work on my live set. I have an amazing band and I'm just ready to play for a lot of people. So if you can help me put that energy out into the world, then that would be I'm great. all about manifesting, <laughs> all about it. And uh, do you think that, because I know like, for example, like I'm a big fan of Jocelyn Alice, Canadian artist, you know? Yes. And uh, I remember like she had lived in Los Angeles for a while and then felt the need to go back home to Calgary and loves the support and everything that she's got going on at home in Canada. Uh, I know you're in love with LA, so you probably won't move home, but how important is it for you to still do well in your home country? So important. The the most important, I would say. Um, I mean, that's where I've started. I still am starting out too, right? Like I still consider myself an up and coming artist and I feel like Canada has been it completely embraced me and through the launch has been so supportive. So that was definitely a huge um, stepping stone. So, I mean, it's still a huge pillar of who I am. So it's, I would say equally, if not more important than just kind of coming to the U S and trying to do it here. And what do you want? Cause I'm here in Montreal. What do you want your Montreal fans to know? And will you come visit us at some point on this tour? Absolutely. Yes. So I'd love to come play a show. I think there's actually some summer shows potentially in the work. I can't say anything yet. Um, so hopefully I'll see you soon. But thank you for listening to my music. And there's so many fun things ahead. So thank you for being on this journey with me because it truly is crazy. (laughs) And before I let you go, I like to ask a few fun questions to let your fans know a little bit more about you. So if you could step into someone's shoes in the pop world right now, whether it's a a producer or an artist for a day, who would it be and why? Good question. I would love to step into Doja Cat's life. I think she's living a wild life. Her Met look was absolutely crazy. She dressed as a cat and I think her mind is just very cool and beautiful. So definitely her. Who in the pop world right now, whether it's Canada or in the States, would you like to write a song for? Like be on the writing team? 
I would have to say Charlie XCX for sure. Have you met her yet? I haven't, but she's just so cool and so confident. And I just love her. It's It's coming. It's coming. We're manifesting that also for you. (laughs) What's the best thing about Canada? Like for our American fans, what do you want them to, to know about Canada? As cliche as it is, I can honestly say Canadians are the warmest, most lovely people. And it's nothing against Americans. Americans are great and they get stuff done and they're awesome. But Canadians truly are. You can tell a Canadian for sure. What is always in your fridge? Olives. You're like the only person that see we understand each other because I eat a disgusting amount of olives. Like I <laughs> just a whole thing of olives by myself. No shame with Parmesan cheese. Absolutely. <laughs> We're like soul sisters. I'm just telling you now. So it's good. love it. It's good to know. And um, what is your favorite board game? Ooh, the game of life. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, Olivia, it's been an absolute thrill to have you on the show. Please come back. Please have me back. Of course. Thank you so much. <laughs> Amazing. That is Olivia Lunny. Make sure you check out her website, oliviallunny.com to grab all of her social media and of course support her, her new single, Time Zone. The Kelly Alexander Show. Listen anytime, anyplace. Just a click away. KellyAlexanderShow.com Jocelyn Alice is a platinum-selling Canadian singer-songwriter who rose to fame with her 2015 song, Jackpot, which stayed in the top 20 for 15 consecutive weeks. Jocelyn hasn't looked back, releasing a bunch of singles that have done extremely well, including songs like Feels Right and Bound to You, which were certified gold in Canada. Jocelyn has recently released her debut album, How Dare You, and is here to talk to us all about it. Jocelyn, welcome back to The Kelly Alexander Show. Hi, Kelly. How are you? I am fantastic. <laughs> and you've literally like made my day, uh, you know, joining me on the show. Um, I love you so much. You know this already, but I'm so happy because, you know, we have people listening around the world who might not know who you are. So I'm very excited for them to know who you are. So I first met you back in May of 2015. Uh, things were really starting to roll because of your song Jackpot, which ended up becoming certified platinum in Canada. I wanted to know, were you able to enjoy the success of Jackpot or was the work kind of just beginning because of trying to capitalize on the momentum of that song? I had no idea what was going on. Like, I think back to that time and I'm like, I was such a different person. I was like a deer in headlights, first of all. Second of all, what people don't know in this industry is that it takes like a year for you to get paid. So it was very ironic because I was like living this fabulous life. But like, you know, when I met you, I came in there like I was like, I think I was couch surfing at the time. Oh, my goodness. And I booked my whole tour. Like I found a way to get a free WestJet pass. And I booked my entire tour based on who could pick me up at the airport and whose couch I could sleep on because I couldn't even afford an airport ride. Wow. You know what I mean? I was so broke. And that, like, that song, like, it hit at such a crazy time in my life where I was literally like, I don't know, I guess this isn't going to happen for me. I guess I should just go home and get my, get back to waitressing and just, I don't know, this isn't working out for me. And then boom, I'm like, you know, top 20 on radio out of nowhere. And yeah, you know, looking back, I, I wished that I had stopped and really enjoyed those moments more. But at the same time, honestly, I was exhausted that whole year. Like it was, it's, it's a lot of hard work to try to do that on your own without any money. So now I, I have, you know, I'm, I'm feeling a lot better financially. I've had, I have a lot more confidence now based on just the amount of songs that have hit on radio and people have connected with. So I'm, I'm, and I'm older, so I'm able to like really take those moments. But yeah, I, it was just such a crazy time, Kel. Like you wouldn't have even, 
believed what was going on in my head at the time, you know? Yeah, no, crazy time. And I wanted to ask you too, at that time, you uh, you weren't with a major label, but it didn't take you long to sign to one. So I kind of want to know what that experience was like and, and why you decided to going back to being an indie artist. Yeah, so, I mean, I always wanted to try being signed to a major if I was able to get signed. I think the fact that I even pulled that off was like really beyond my, my dreams. I, I Getting signed to a major in America was so cool. And basically they found me on Skype, or not on Skype, on Shazam, um, which is crazy. They, they found Jackpot Charting. They found out that I was indie. And I think that they were probably pretty impressed that I was doing this tour on my own, which I think is something that labels are really looking for now is like, how independent are you as an artist? And I had already built this, this thing up that they kind of just carried on with me. And, you know, Adam Alpert, he was, he was a real joy to work with. He, um, I trusted him as an artist, you know, he really understood what I was trying to do and he protected me. And I learned a lot about the system and about how many people are involved and how hard it is to make it work the way you want when there's that, like you'd think there's more people involved, it's going to work better. And sometimes that's the opposite because if you're not communicating properly, which is something that I, I struggle with, you know, things can really fall apart. And so I think we did an incredible job together and, you know, we had a lot of radio hits together and I wanted to stay with them and I actually had stayed longer than I thought that I would. And I, I was waiting and they were extending my contract and wanting to keep me around. But, you know, I was just really ready to release a lot of music. And that was really the, the, the biggest, um, the biggest thing that we didn't agree on was just the amount of music I was releasing. Because if you know me, I write a lot of music. Like my next album is pretty much done, you know, and I just released a full length. Like I write a lot and I write fast and I record fast. And I just wanted to, at the end of the day, I really made that decision for my fans because I was like, you know what? They have waited some of them like 15 years to hear more than like seven songs. Like it's time to give them what they deserve. So it's a risk. I'm taking a huge risk here and I'm just hoping that it pays off and that I make the right decisions and that when I don't, I'll learn and I'll, I'll quickly pivot, you know, cause that's something I'm learning businesses a lot about. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, it's, <laughs> it's crazy that I'm like back to indie and living in Calgary again. And it's just, it feels really full circle. Now, since Jackpot, you've had a bunch of other singles do well, specifically on, on Canadian radio, most recently, of course, Radio mm-hmm. Silence and Never Been Hurt Before. It kind of feels mm-hmm. like you know what to put out to get support from Canadian radio and fans across the country. Do you, do you feel that? Is that how you, you feel or is it luck? No, I, I know. I know in my heart and I'm, and I'm trusting that more and more. And also... You know, I tell other artists this, they're like, how did you get on the radio? And I'm like, well, I studied the radio for three years. Like I, every time I was around the radio, I was on pop radio and I was studying the landscapes that were, that were connecting with people. Because if you really boil it down to math and science, it's an equation, in my opinion. And I don't know how to get to that equation. I'm not a producer. I'm not good at that. But I do know when it's proper. And I know when it's going to connect. I just, I think I've always had an understanding of that. And I think that that's probably my greatest gift as an artist. You know, I I know that I'm, I'm very um, blessed as a singer. I have natural abilities and I work really hard as a singer. And I know that that's a huge part of my gift for sure is communicating through that vessel. But 
at the end of the day, my, my greatest love is crafting a great song. And I think I'm, I'm trusting myself more and more in that world and also realizing that, you know, I could, I could really do this with other artists and it could be like really fulfilling on a whole other level, which is something I did with Mother Mother on the drugs that went number one on, on rock radio, which was just an incredible experience for me. So, yeah, I, I think I'm definitely realizing more and more like the dynamics of a song and how much knowledge I have in that world. Now, I know you spent some time in Los Angeles and I have a bunch of questions about that, but I guess the first one would be, how did you take to being down there? Because, you know, I, I'm a fan of a lot of songwriters from down there and I know that it's quite the environment. So I'm just wondering, I find like some artists really take to being in, down there, like it, it inspires them. And then other times it feels like it's draining because you just feel like you're a small fish in a very big pond. That wasn't the draining part for me. I actually enjoyed that part in the in the beginning for sure I enjoyed the challenge of that and I also needed a break from the attention I was getting in Canada at the time it was like it was a lot at once you know I really blew up out of nowhere and so America was kind of like a solace for me where I could kind of hide from that and kind of recharge and then I'd go back to Canada and I'd be reminded that oh my god all these people love me and it's just so incredible you know but that can be really overwhelming when you're not like prepared for it you know but if I'm going to be honest, L.A. was, like, tough for me. I, I I never felt like myself there. And I think it's really hard to just be a healthy human when you don't feel like yourself. And it's especially hard to be a healthy artist and be pouring yourself out to all these strangers that at the end of the day, at the end of the day, a lot of the people I write, I wrote with were just incredible human beings and so gracious and so safe. But, you know, those ones that, that weren't, like, really made it hard to show up for me. And in the last year, like, I don't know if I was depressed or, like, what was going on. But, like, I was not showing up to my sessions this last year. And I probably really tainted my reputation down there. Like, let's be real. But I, I, was, I was drowning, you know. And that's a big reason why I decided to move home. And I realized that the signs were there. And I should have come home sooner, you know. And I was fighting to stay there because I thought it was what was right for my career. But what I've realized again and again is if you're not healthy and you're not enjoying it, like it doesn't matter what you're doing, you know? And I think that's what LA taught me is, I mean, if, if you have a ton of money, LA is a wonderful place to live, but if you don't, it's really tough. And there's a desperation there that is just thick and always apparent. And everyone's just, in their own hustle because you have to be to survive there. And I think I'm very, very sensitive. I'm very affected by, you know, the people around me and the energies around me. And I also come from West coast Canada, which has an extra sense of like softness, you know, people are very, very gentle over here. So I had a really hard time there and I'm really proud to move home. And, and also, I mean, look at the politics right now. Like what is going on? I cannot, I cannot proudly live in this country. I cannot support this. Yeah. I cannot support this. So I'm, I'm, you know, it almost killed me, Kel. Like I felt wow. really down this last year. Well, really, I'm really dark. I'm super glad you came home because I think you belong here in Canada. I did want to ask you if you can confirm or deny this because I heard this or read this somewhere and I'm just wondering if it was true or not. Was there an opportunity um, for you to work with the Chainsmokers? Was that true or not? I don't know. <sighs> yeah, that is true. I oh. turned it down. You did? Okay. Can you tell us why? Well, actually, you want to hear the whole story? I do oh want to hear it. I don't know if I offended anyone. I have no idea if, I, if they even knew this, but so they sent me a song 
And I didn't like it. I did not like the song. And I also, you know, if, if you know me as an artist, you know that I don't sing other people's songs. That's just not how I roll. I've always written my own music. And so they sent it to me and I was, oh my God, I really regret this. And I'm really embarrassed by this, but I actually rewrote the whole song. Um, and that was pretty disrespectful. And I think Adam was like, what the hell are you doing? You know, and I was like, well, this is how I would hear it. And if you want my voice on it, this is how I'll do it. Um, and you know what? It ended up being an extra track on their EP. It was called Setting Fires, a band called Zylo that I've, that I've met several times that are wonderful people took the song and you know I look back now and I'm like wow that has like over 200 million streams like was that the right decision but I don't care about streams you know what I mean that's never actually really mattered to me which I think is why I have a lot of streams because I'm really trying to make decisions from my gut and my heart as an artist and not from my like bank account you know okay so I'm proud of that decision I really am I'm proud and I gotta say Another secret that I'm going to tell you, which is clearly not a secret anymore. <laughs> I decided after that experience, because I was always closed to outside songs. And that means that, you know, so, like no songs would be coming to me that other people wrote. And I realized, you know, I was like, what if something came along that was in my wheelhouse of writing and did feel like I wrote it and was incredible? Like, what if? So, you know what? I opened those gates after that. And I was like, I'm probably not going to ever cut another song written by someone else, but I'm going to be more open because you never know. And just last week, I cut a vocal for a Julia Michaels song. So it's just so cool because I'm such a huge fan of hers. And who knows if it's going to land or not, you know. But at the end of the day, I'm just like really proud of myself for changing my view on that and realizing that like maybe I can make music in a different way that can open my mind and and help people in a different way than I'm used to. And so we'll see, you know. That's cool. Have you met her? Like, have you guys hung out and written written together? Um, so I actually did meet her in a studio once, but I was so nervous that I basically just walked in the kitchen and was like, I need a fork. I didn't even say hello to her, Kelly. Okay? Jocelyn, but That what was are you so doing? rude. I was so embarrassed, okay? And then 20 minutes later, who, who else do I run into? Oh, there's Ariana Grande. Oh, my God, amazing. I'm a huge fan. What do I do? I walk up to her. I touch her arm. And I say, hey, girl, like as if I know her already. She looks at me like I'm a psychopath. Like, I don't know what came over me that day. It's really embarrassing. Oh, my God. This has to go in your book when you write one. This has to go in the book. I know. I'm just thinking, like, if this song lands, it's going to be such a good story if I do get to meet her one day. Oh, my God. So awesome. Hanging out with us on uh, on the show, platinum selling Canadian artist Jocelyn Alice. Hit up her website for all of her information, all of her social media, JocelynAlice.com. Let us talk about the new album, How Dare You. So I want to know because you've been so successful with, with releasing singles. And I mean, I'm an album girl. I love artists to release albums, but I know that the climate has been singles even for a major artist for the last while. So what was the t- decision to decide to go the album route? Because I know that that's like a big commitment. Yeah, it is. And, and I put less songs that I, than I wanted to on that album. I wanted to put like five more songs on. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, I felt like who I am as a songwriter at the end of the day, like if you strip back all this production of all these songs, I'm writing ballads. You know what I mean? Like jackpot at the end of the day can be a ballad if you just play it on a guitar with a singer. Like that's the kind of song it is. And that's what always has really mattered to me as a songwriter. I want to make something classic. I want to make something that's going to stand the test of time. And 
that's why LA was also so hard because people are all, all chasing like the hit, the hit, the hit. And for me, I was like, I don't care about the hit. I care about the song, you know? Mm-hmm. So I felt like releasing a whole album kind of went with that because it's classic and it's the way people used to listen to music. And I'm also challenging people to like pay attention for longer than five minutes. Like see if you can <laughs> It's true. dive into my world, dive into my brain, you know? And it's really blown my mind. I mean, I've been home and so many people have said, I, I heard the album and I'm just like, you listen to the whole thing. And all these people are saying that. I mean, maybe they're lying to me, but <laughs> it's pretty cool. <laughs> go with it. Go with it. Um, do you go with, go with it. Now, with regards to the album, um, is it like uh, a time period in your life or is it thematic? Like, like, how do you categorize this collection of songs? Um, it's basically just a mishmash of just every single genre, you know, and that's me. I've realized that I'm really lucky to have the voice that I have and I know how distinct it is now Mm -hmm. just based on the reactions that I've gotten from people. Um, and so I've realized I'm the genre, like my voice is the genre. You know, I grew up as a country singer. I don't know if you knew that. I did not. I was told, yeah, I grew up singing country for years before I went to pop and, then I went to pop and I was just a little bit too obsessed with Christina Aguilera. <laughs> and I was told like, you sound too much like her. You got to get away from this, you know, like, and I was just all over the place. I loved R and B. I loved country. I loved pop. I loved all these things. And for me, the album is kind of like, that's the title too, is like, don't make me choose a genre. You can't because I'm just going to do whatever I want from now on, you know? That is awesome. I have to tell you, too, and, and I mean, I talked about this a little bit before we started the interview, but the confidence level in you is, like, amazing, and it's, and, uh, and it's like, quiet confidence, I would call it. How do you categorize where you are now with, with how you feel about uh, how you're managing your career? Yeah, I do feel really confident. I do. And I think real confidence is always quiet. You know, the older that I get, I think the more I realize that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I think... I think like I was saying to you before, like, I think confidence comes from preparation. I've always really believed that. And I've always been like really passionate about preparation. I mean, I, from the, I'm from 12 years old on, I have been working about four hours a day on music of some kind, you know? Mm -hmm. And when you do that for 22 years, like it adds up to a lot of confidence. That makes sense. Now, you yeah. have to talk to me a little bit about, I know that you, you said earlier about um, coming home was important. I guess part of me is wondering, like, I'm super happy you went home to, to Calgary because I know how important it was for me to come back to Montreal after spending eight years in Toronto. And of course, like, I love Toronto, it's second home to me, but Montreal is home, Montreal is home home, as mm-hmm. I call it. And so I'm just mm-hmm. wondering, uh, why go back to Calgary as opposed to maybe Toronto? Because you really are a Canadian pop star. And so you can do anything. And I'm sure you can do anything from Calgary too. But what was the pull to go back to Calgary? I fought for a long time between Toronto and Calgary. And I actually, um, Scott Hellman and I, we were actually going to do an apartment switch. And he was going to come stay in LA. And I was going to spend, you know, a couple months in Toronto at his place. And that just fell through. And I, I just decided, you know what? I'm just going to follow what feels the most natural to me right now. And for me, the epitome of that is my best friend, Sam, in, in Calgary. Um, my other best friend's in Nashville. I, I tried living in Nashville. It's, uh, it's an interesting place. That didn't really work out for me. <laughs> okay. So I got to go to my other best friend. You know, like I needed my friends. I needed my, my people around me. And I think also Calgary's a lot cheaper than Toronto. Oh, and yeah. for me, I'm, 
I'm a traveler at heart. And I think that was also a challenging part for LA was like, I'm not going to stop traveling, even if I can't afford it. I've proven that to myself again and again. So why don't you just go somewhere that's like really easy to live and cheaper so that when you do travel, you can like actually do it the way you want to do it. So for me, it's, you know, my boyfriend's still back in LA. So that's like, that's definitely going to be challenging. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, it's, it feels a lot less challenging just based on how healthy I already feel being home. Yeah. And I think when you're, you know, in a relationship and you're unhealthy, it's like, that's what's really the hardest on a relationship. So distance is nothing compared to that, you know? Okay, that makes sense. And what are your thoughts on the current Canadian pop landscape? Because there are a few of you that are doing extremely well. There is you, there is Rhea May, there is Scott Hellman, there is Tyler Shaw, uh, there is Dan Tulefsky, like the list goes on. Mm -hmm. So are you guys all... Yeah, that's right. Are you guys like tight and supportive of one another? We are really close. We are all homies and it's really, really cool because... I mean, Rhea May, okay, I've been, like, wanting to be friends with her for years, but, like, I didn't want to come on too strong, you know what I mean? So, like, I've just been playing it cool. And okay. finally, like, she realized that, like, we're just meant to be friends forever. Okay, I'm good. Like, oh, my God, you finally get it! <laughs> and so I just, like, I, I went to Nashville recently, and we, like, stayed in a house for a week together, and we wrote a bunch of songs. And, um, you know, I've been texting every day pretty much with Dan Tulevsky. He'll always send me like little clips of my song coming on the radio every single time he hears it. You know, Matthew B, I I actually have a duet coming out with Matthew B. Amazing. Which I'm really excited about. That's amazing. You're going to die when you hear this song, Kelly. I mean, and, and thank you to Rhea May for this. Rhea and I wrote the song together with Bria McKinnon, who I don't know if you know her. I do not. Um, She's going to be an incredible solo artist one day. She's so talented. So we wrote this song and Rhea was actually the one that connected me to Matthew. That was like, yo, you guys need to sing together. Your voices are like, would be so special together. So it's, it's just really cool. I mean, I'm so proud of Tyler Shaw. I've written with him before. He's a wonderful human being. Scott Hellman, what a true talent. Yeah. I am such a huge fan of Scott's. And it just feels good to know that like there is zero competition there at all. And I think it's because we all have our own lane in a cool way. You know, we're all, in my opinion, like true artists that have their own thing. And none of us are like threatened by each other, which I think is really nice to see after living in L.A. Because so much of that city is just based on like beating each other. And I don't really want to be a part of that. Okay, that makes sense. And I wanted to ask you, have you had a chance yet to meet Alessia Cara? Because I feel like you guys would be buds. Oh, my God, I have. And you know what? I learned a valuable lesson meeting her. I met her at this crazy show that I played where like Sean Mendez and Robin Thicke and Charlie Puth. And then it was like me on the bill because it was during like the time that jackpot was really big. And there was like rollover to Buffalo, New York from the Toronto stations. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like a big deal in Buffalo, New York. And I'm playing this <laughs> massive arena show of 18,000 people. And it's like, you should, oh my God, you would laugh so hard. The, the tour vans, like everyone else has these like huge vans and we're rolling up in this like minivan and it was just so awesome. <laughs> and Alexia, you know, she had broken at the same time as me with here as Jackpot. So that was really cool because we were both kind of just figuring out what we were doing. She was like half my age though, like yeah. literally, <laughs> you know, she's just killed it. And it was really neat because I'm not really one to approach people because I don't want to bother them. And I'm yeah. also like terribly insecure, you know? So she came up to me and she was like, Oh my God. Hi, I'm Alessia. And I was like, uh, yeah, I know. Like I'm a huge fan. Oh my God. That's and awesome. I asked her to take a photo and I regret that. 
I regret that because I wish that I had just had a real conversation with her, you know? Yeah. And, and I noticed her body language kind of, kind of change because, you know, at that time, I'm sure every single person that met her was asking for something from her, you know? Right. right. And I just, yeah, I, I, from then on, I have never asked for a photo again from someone. And I just am so grateful that she's, she's a very honest person. You know, I feel like you can really gauge how she's feeling. Yeah just from standing next to her, which I think is why she's such a powerful artist. I'm so proud of her. God, she's done some incredible things. And you know what? I sent her my last EP. I sent to her. She listened to all of them. She decided on like what she thought was the single. Like she's really smart and she's, she's really like kind. I'm really, really proud of her. That's amazing. And before I let you go, I have to ask you, what do you hope to accomplish in the next six to 12 months career wise? Like does Jocelyn Alice have specific goals? Definitely. I, I really want to keep focusing on, on writing and collabing with other people. I mean, that's always going to be my number one focus. And then aside from that, I would definitely love to do a proper tour because I've never really done that yet. I've been more focused on the writing side and I think it's time that I kind of put my feet to the ground and come play some shows, you know? Well, I'm waiting for you in Montreal, so anytime now, <laughs> I'm waiting for you to show okay, up. Okay, <laughs> okay, I'm going to get on this. <laughs> okay. uh, I love you profusely. I honestly am <laughs> so proud of, of everything that you're accomplishing and, and what you've accomplished, and we are so lucky to have you as one of our Canadian artists, so congratulations on all your success. Thank you so much, Kelly. We're so lucky to have someone like you who's so supportive of us. Well, it's a, it's it's easy for me, especially because you guys are all so talented. And I'm super happy to know that you're all like buds, because I think that that's so important, especially in Canada. Like, I think it's important to be buds, especially in the arts. So that's amazing. <laughs> that's so cool. It's so nice when you're like, dude, this is what I'm going through. And she's like, it's okay. I went through it and I got through it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Fantastic. Well, uh, that is platinum selling Canadian artist uh, Jocelyn Alice. Don't forget her new album, How Dare You, is out. And you can grab all of her information, jocelynalice.com. The Kelly Alexander Show. Thank you very much for spending time with us on the program this week. We always appreciate your time and a big thank you as well to our guests, Olivia Lenny and Jocelyn Alice. My thanks to our producer, Andrew Sabino, for doing such a great job putting the show together. And don't forget that you can listen to us on all the major podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher Radio. And don't forget to follow us on all of our social media. Hit up our website, kellyalexandershow.com, for details. The Kelly Alexander Show.